Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 154 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's my favorite coffee. I drink it every morning. And if you guys are coffee drinkers, I highly suggest you check it out. Uh, It's roasted, made to order, like I said, right here in Iowa, shipped to your door. And all you got to do is just grind it up and make the coffee at your house and some of the best coffee you'll ever have. Uh, If you want to check it out, go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like. You can make an order. And when you do, let them know Audible Farm sent you and they'll give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This week, I'm sitting down with Mike Walsh. Mike Walsh is a solo musician from Southwest Iowa, uh, as well as uh, when he has a band, he calls it the Mike Walsh Band. I'll tell you what, he just messaged me on, I think it was Instagram, and it took us a while to get uh, this scheduled, but when we finally did get it scheduled, uh, it worked out great. I loved the music that he, you know, they sent over, uh, or I found online, or however, I Maybe I found it. I don't know. Either way, uh, if I did, it's not hard to find Mike Walsh. Uh, it's it's right there. Uh, we talk about his music in this episode and and how he found me online because that was another thing was um, he just he was the one who found me and messaged me and I don't I didn't have any friends in common with him or anything so I thought it was kind of crazy that somebody found me um, organically like that. So we kind of talk about the power of you know being on social media and, and checking that stuff out as well as what it's like to craft your first album or the difference between making an album versus an EP or versus a single or, uh, you know, what, you know, it's just kind of nice to see that he's done what he's done in about two years or so. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of nice to see that, you know, COVID didn't stop him, you know? So that's one of the things I thought kind of made me smile when I was listening to all this, thinking about it, you know, it's, uh, in a time frame where, a lot of people have done a lot of things that we didn't think we would do during COVID. Uh, you know, we're all picking up new hobbies and doing crazy stuff like that. And it's kind of neat. It's nice seeing people actually go out there and do it. And he's out there making music, uh, recording EPs and singles. I, I highly suggest you guys check it out. His, uh, social medias are down below. We'll talk about that in the outro though. This is episode 154 with a new buddy I met online. His name is Mike Walsh. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Today I'm sitting down with Mike Walsh. Mike, you and I don't know each other. Uh, You found my podcast on the internet uh, through some searching things. for hashtags and things like that, which is to me wild. I can't believe somebody just like organically found the podcast. (laughs) Um, Because usually it's just like, I heard one of my buddies on there. Let's, let's see if we can get on there, you know, and this is completely new. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One thing that I like to do is um, because like I try and be active on uh, social media, um, Instagram uh, and Facebook specifically. So, one thing that I'll do is I'll search through hashtags or um, other bands, local bands and whatnot. I'll go to their pages and see who they've interacted with. And yeah, I honestly, I can't remember exactly how I found it, but I know it was through that. Either it was like the hashtags or, or somebody else, but I saw the page and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. This is awesome that somebody's doing this. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I, I do have to apologize. It did take me a couple of weeks to get back to you, too. No uh, worries. No yeah. worries at all. Um, for those that don't know, I get like I get emails, and I get personal emails, and I get personal messages, and Facebook messages, and, and I get them everywhere from every angle, and sometimes I forget to check stuff. And the worst part about all this is, is like, Instagram is the world's most popular app. It like surpasses Facebook now, and it's probably one of the sure. message platforms I check the least, which is like the dumbest thing anyone could ever do. So I apologize, but for all the people out there listening that said he hasn't got back to me yet, I'll get back to you. I swear I will. I swear I will. <laughs> so you ended up finding the podcast semi-organically, which, which yes, blows my mind. And uh, yeah. you know, I sat down and listened to your album last week, uh, the new one that came out called Glad, and then I went through and peeled through sure. all your old ones even. 
And I, you know, I said, yeah. this is actually pretty decent stuff, you know? And I said, I'm going to sit down and talk with this guy. And it was, I was literally sitting in my car in the driveway with the air conditioning on just full blast listening to your album. when I pulled up one day and was like, I'm going to listen to all of these just sitting right here in the car. And then I messaged you when I was done. I was like, Hey, we need to get you on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I, I appreciate that. I mean, it does mean a lot because it's one of those things where, uh, with, to me, at least this is how I, you know, kind of feel about it, writing music or making music to me, you know, at some point you have the finished product and you put it out there and you hope that other people are going to enjoy it yes. as much as you do. And even then, I mean, I'll say that I, and the reason why I'm always recording is because I'll release something and for about a day or two. I'll be satisfied in terms of, you know, putting it out there. And then I listen to it again. I'm like, I need to get back in the studio and record again. I got to, I got to record to the next thing. I got to push myself to be better musically. So, yeah. <laughs> do you ever run into that thing where you listen to your music back and you're like, I wish I would have done this instead? Yeah, I, I would say absolutely. Almost uh, almost every song, I think there's just, it's one of those things that you go back and, of course, you could always do it better because you're always growing as an artist or learning from other people. And it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I could have gone back. But I mean, it's all part of the process too. At some point you got to be satisfied enough to release it. Um, and then, you know, be okay with that, but then also want to keep pushing forward. But yeah, I would say, and it might even be small details that to me, I notice that other people might not, but yeah, to me, mo most definitely yeah, I have that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably the worst part about being a musician is being like so self-critical as <laughs> you're just, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I talked with somebody recently about this, believe it or not, like a pop singer. And she was just like, yeah, I, I got this album. I put it all together and I wish there was some things I would have done differently on it. And it's like, yeah, but if you just sat there and like keyed in on that the whole time, the album would have never come out, you know? And that's the same thing right. with like singles, EPs, everything, you know? Right. Um, exactly. And you brought up a good point. At some point in time, you got to be satisfied enough to just be like, this this is done, you know, and put it out there and right. move on to the next project and go from there, you know, because that's... Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's why I have no music out personally, you know. <laughs> that's why I play with other musicians because uh, my computer sits here with all this junk on it that I just never release because I'm, I'm too critical, you know. And yeah. uh, do you find it hard to finish a project? Let me ask you that. It all depends. I mean, there's, uh, I'll have, um, you know, just the, in the writing process, there's a lot of songs that I have that are not finished. And then the ones that I've obviously recorded um, are ones where I was okay enough, you know, going forward with it. Um, but it kind of just comes and goes. There's some days where I'll sit down and write a song in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, that that's how it's going to be. It, and, and I'm not going to change it. And that might just be the main lyrics and uh, chord progression. And then sometimes I'll spend even more time working on it. But I think the songs that I've released, the ones that um, I have out, I would say those are the ones where it was in one afternoon. I wrote the song, the lyrics, the chord progression it was like, OK, I'm going to go with this and build the rest of the song around it. And that's what it's going to be. So, but there are a lot of unfinished songs. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. I was just like, is this guy just a wizard or what? Is he just putting no, out albums? No, 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 not at all. And that being said, I, in no, in no way do I claim to be like, oh yes. Yeah. It only takes me five minutes. It only takes me 10. No, because once again, I, I write it and I'm like, you listen back to it. You know, I'm like, you know, I can always get better at this always be better yeah no i would say yeah and when i say in one afternoon i'm referring to usually just the lyrics and then the main chord progression i'll go um you know show it to somebody else that i know plays either like drums or bass or whatnot and see what they uh think of it and then uh you know tweak it from there but i would say the core idea of the song that's what i'm referring to so are you primarily a guitarist then uh yes yep guitar have you ever dabbled on anything else oh i I, <laughs> I was gonna say i mean like i could try and get on the kit and play but i'm not that good but uh <laughs> i'll play in my in my show sometimes uh i'll uh bring out harmonica 
if I'm going to, you know, uh, like introduce myself, yes, I play guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's cool that you bring the harmonica out though. Sometimes too, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's fun too because uh, there's people see them and they're like, oh yeah, the harmonica, <laughs> like yeah. they get excited, which is which is great because then I'm having fun playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was something like I grew up playing a lot of like metal and punk and things like that, stuff that doesn't sure. fit the harmonica, you know. But then I started playing at jam nights <laughs> yeah. and stuff with like singer songwriters, and every time they'd bust out a harmonica, I'm like, sweet, this is so cool, like. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, yeah. I always thought it was funny. So many of the singer-songwriter guys are just like, I can't play solos, but then they bust out a harmonica, and it's like, yeah, but you're playing two instruments at once, dude. You don't need anybody to play (laughs) solos. You got the harmonica. (laughs) It's not every song. I'll I'll bring it out for a few different ones. But you do bring up an interesting point, because when I first started getting into playing music and playing live, which would have been around... uh, like I, I would say 10 years ago is when I started getting into guitar, playing guitar. Um, I would say around five years ago is probably when I uh, started playing with bands. And in the beginning, yeah, my influences were like punk rock. We, we were a punk rock band, but I've since changed, you know, into a more um, like acoustic based or like folk type. Uh, music uh but yeah and when i was first playing yeah it was definitely <laughs> punk and then it's you know kind of transitioned into something different but once again i mean that's just part of like me and the writing process and playing you know growing and, and changing to what you know i enjoy playing now mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i definitely found that too because when i was growing up i was like it's got to be heavy got to have distortion oh know, yeah you know, chug chug <laughs> chug all that stuff <laughs> but as loud as it can be yeah 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 (laughs) and then the older i got i was like you know it's kind of nice to hear some clean guitar sounds every now and then (laughs) you know yeah um uh, i mean i'm guilty i'm guilty one of those guilty people where it's like i've got way more electric guitars than acoustic guitars um Uh. unfortunately (laughs) or fortunately i guess whatever but uh yeah it is kind of weird how like our our tastes and styles change over the years and yeah you know i was i was actually gonna bring that up like what you know like you said you were in a punk band originally was that like kind of what first got you into music was listening to punk rock and then you were like oh let's give this a whirl or was it like your buddies were playing it and you were like i guess i've got a guitar in the closet let's try this out or how did it all start out yeah i oh my gosh well now that i think back i I think it's just at the time because it was when i was in college so it would have been oh what uh 20 14 15 around then when i started playing um and i think it's just at the time what my buddies and i and i all we listened to uh more like punk rock because if you would have asked me then i would say like green day is a big influence which i still listen and can enjoy but my influences have changed in the music itself because if you listen which it's (laughs) it's something else but the old stuff that i played it is drastically different than the stuff that i have released now yeah um so yeah i think it was just sitting around that's what we listened to at the time and playing you know basement shows where it was loud and everybody was partying and it was it was just fun loud and fun so oh i i love basement shows so like i've recently gotten into like the singer songwriter realm um not me personally but i I accompany a handful of singer songwriters and when i tell them about like the basement show gigs that i play with the punk band i'm in they're like what it's like yeah that's a thing for real like people will pay you money to go to their basement and rock out and everyone's just partying and having a good time and yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of a weird gear change to go from one to the next. So it's kind of nice to know that like you have the availability to to have been on both sides of that coin as well, though, too. Yeah, yeah. Because there are a lot of fun times if, you, you know, I was going to say, if anybody has the opportunity to go to like a basement, like punk show, like you totally should. It's a real fun time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it is kind of fun, though, too. You brought up a really good point about how, like, your your musical tastes have changed. Uh, for, you, yeah. it was, for you, it was Green Day, and you could still enjoy them nowadays, which I totally get. But, like, yeah. I grew up and I was a big uh, – we're just going to call it out. I don't know if I've ever even said this on the podcast. I was a huge Newfound mm-hmm. Glory fan. Like, 
Yeah. They were like my favorites. Best band ever. They're so good, you know, and 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 now I can still listen to them. They're still good. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if I would consider them my favorite, you know. And mm. and there's still songs that they put out where I'm like this song's right. cool, that song's cool, but it's not what I'm like putting on as my daily driver listening music anymore. Sure. Nor would I even yeah. say it really like influences me um too much. Yeah. You know. Because that's the thing. I mean, if someone were to ask me, I, like I said, before I would say Green Day and you could hear that, but you would not hear that in the music. The My most latest stuff that I've released, you would not hear that. <clears throat> so what do you think caused the uh, the gear change for, f- between the two then? Because <laughs> I mean, to be it, honest, it, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's only like a, a two to three year time span we're talking here. Yeah. From like your earliest yeah, stuff think, to your newest stuff. Right. I think I I just wanted where I was at in life. I think I just even personally was wanting to, um, I wouldn't say change, but I was going through different things to where in one way or another influenced my music and the music specifically. I wanted something that was different mm-hmm. from the punk stuff. I wanted to create something that sounded different specifically. Um, and that's what Smile uh, that EP, that was like the first, so, my first solo project, I'd say. Um, and it started out, um, those songs are pretty heavily acoustic uh, based. And from there, I, I mean, I was just going to be me and acoustic guitar. But I think from there, um, my uh, buddy Alex Chapman, he came and uh, wanted to play drums. So he played drums on the on the uh, EP. Um, and then uh, Caleb uh, played bass. So I think at first it started out as one thing, and then after talking to those guys, it kind of became a little bit more, and they also helped shape uh, how the songs sounded. But yeah, I think it was just wanting a, just wanting something different, create something different that would push uh, me musically into a new direction. So I'm assuming, based on that, that you you kind of write all this stuff and make the whole shell yourself on an acoustic guitar or, or do the, do the thing where you sit at home and you're like, I kind of got this song pretty much mm-hmm. written. And then you kind of just pawn it out from your buddies. Like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And then yeah. you just kind of get a little bit of input here and there. Um, do you see yourself ever putting out like a whole acoustic album, just you and the acoustic or, or do you think that having your buddies say, let's throw some bass and drums on here. Do you think that's yeah. going to be like a permanent fixture? Uh, I would say, I mean, even trying to get a full length album out is another goal that I have. It just, it's hard when it comes down to time and money. Um, so I would like to, and once again, and that's the thing, I'm always down for trying something like I would love to, and that's, that's an idea that I think would be awesome. But once again, I, it's trying to figure out, you know, where, where am I going to, spend the money and time and energy. Um, and, uh, it just ends up being that, uh, with those songs that with the other guys, they end up being something more. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was, I, I'm kind of just paralleling this to some of the singer songwriters I hang around with. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming live you do solo stuff. Uh, yes. Right now, mainly. Yeah. I'll do solo acoustic shows, which, um, I'll do a bunch of covers, but then also, throw in my original music but mm-hmm. yeah so it's me and the acoustic guitar i mean that's the way to do it for anybody wondering how to do it play covers and toss in your originals and sometimes people don't even know right they're just like who's who wrote that one and you're like <laughs> i wrote that one though like, what no way like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that was me <laughs> just turns the hat backwards yeah that was me <laughs> so have you <laughs> Have you ever uh, like invited any of your buddies to come up and play leads with you on anything like on a live setting before? Uh, there have been a few times, yeah. And, and I was gonna say the two guys that um, when I have the full band, which is me, uh, bass and drums. Um, Alex Chapman is the one who's on drums, and then Sam Ripley is uh, the bassist. So um, the last show we all played together uh, was, I want to say probably probably two years ago now um but coming up next month uh we'll all be together for the music festival in muscatine oh cool um, yep on the september 4th we're playing for that uh muscapalooza so it'll be real fun because we haven't played 
together in so long and we're getting ready for it and we're all pretty excited oh so. yeah uh i will have to say like as exciting as it is to put out an album there's still nothing better than playing live i don't know if you caught that oh absolutely i mean that's the thing yeah i i love the whole uh writing and recording process i love being in the studio at the same time though i absolutely love like yes playing live there's like nothing that compares to it especially when the whole band is there I enjoy playing solo acoustic, but with a band, I feel like I can, the energy, there's more energy there that you can play off one another. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, sometimes, I mean, that's that weird thing, because I've seen people play solo shows, and they're in command, you know, and they can take the crowd wherever they want to go, but sometimes with a full band, it's everybody just kind of starts to feed off each other, and then the crowd can kind of tell that everybody up there is having a great time, and they kind of right. feed off you as well. Uh, so I really don't know if there's like one that's better than the other, honestly. Like, right. Um, it's definitely fun to play with other people. I've played a couple solo shows before. Just terrifying. I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, that's all I got to say. <laughs> it's just you and an acoustic. Uh, it's wild stuff, man. I don't know how you guys can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost, it, it's kind of nice in some ways because if you mess up, it's literally just you. So yeah, true. you can play it off way easier than, than when it's with the band. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true. It's tough when somebody else hits a sour note or messes something up and you're like, what are you doing over there? You know, yeah. you're just doing the whole, yeah, like it was, the, that, it was that guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like you're saying, I mean, it, yeah, there, there's pros and cons to, to both. And I, I enjoy, enjoy doing both. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I wish I was more comfortable playing solo. Did it take a lot of guts for you to get up there the first time solo? Like going from like the band punk rock phase to now we're going to do acoustic stuff solo. Was it tough to go from one to the next? Yeah, I'd say so. Cause <laughs> I would, I'm just thinking back to different shows and whatnot. Cause with, you know, like the punk rock band, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was loud as at parties, you know, it's punk. So, you know, who cares? We're just, you know, having a fun time, but with uh, solo acoustic shows yes it's fun but you know you're you're playing especially those longer shows covers that people are wanting you to know how to sing know how to play yeah but uh so yeah i would say at first but i've obviously gotten more comfortable uh with it and just with every you know new show that you play you just gain more confidence in the next one mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i guess maybe that's where i went wrong just playing two and quitting you know? <laughs> <laughs> well and i don't know because i mean there's some people that i i've seen play to you know like huge massive crowds and i you know a lot of shows that i play solo acoustic shows they'll be in uh, bars and breweries and whatnot um so you know there's all sorts of different levels and you know some some guys when they get up some people when they get up there it's like holy cow you know how Mm -hmm. you do that in front of that many people but uh but yeah i guess i i just i've always had the attitude in life to uh basically just screw it just do it yeah and so you know at first as nervous as i was i was like this is something i want to do i'm gonna push myself past being uncomfortable and get up and play music and so far in terms of you know the music side of stuff it's worked out yeah i think so (laughs) I, i think that's like not too far off from like what kind of got me to calm my nerves too because like i played guitar growing up and then i quit through like most of my 20s and then in my late 20s i picked the guitar back up and i was so nervous to go up in front of people and play and i i don't know why i think some of it was just the whole fact where i was like somebody out here is going to be better at the guitar than i am and they're going to like pretty much just call me out from the crowd and be like this guy sucks or what but nobody ever did that and i don't think i've ever heard or seen that happen once in my life anyways so like i don't know what i was so scared of but eventually i just told myself like i don't think there's anybody else out here that can do what i'm doing regardless of what i'm doing you know um you know whether it be play the notes i'm playing or or play the exact songs we're playing or or whatever it happens to be so it's kind of one of those things where i just thought to myself well i don't think anyone's gonna crap talk me but if they do it's just like well you get up here and play then you know and i've been lucky enough not to have anybody (laughs) you know call me out on it i guess (laughs) yeah yeah i was gonna say uh like another thing with that is um 
like in terms of the music and playing, I think I just realized, you know, I'm going to try and be the best musician that I can be. And, you know, getting up there playing, this is what I'm showcasing. This is where I'm at. Because I'm played with people and seen people that, yes, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be better than you. But it's like, you know, I'm going to be the best version that I can be and showcase what I have. But at the same time, being able to play and learn from people who are, you know, who are better than you, like, you've learned so much from them. That's another thing. Always learning, always pushing to be better. Yeah, you were saying that earlier, like, learning from your friends and things. And, like, that's an important thing, too. Because if, if it hadn't been for me going to jam nights with my buddies and actually, like, learning some stuff from them, yeah. it was just like... I don't, I don't know if I'd be where I'm at today if it wasn't for them, you know? Um, some of it comes down to watching your buddies play mm -hmm. and then being like, what was that thing you did there? And then they'll yeah. show you or, or you or you watch what they do really yeah. close and then you go home on your own in your own basement and you try it out so you don't embarrass yourself or whatever. <laughs> but I've, yeah. I've started realizing, like, it doesn't matter who's playing the guitar. I find that, like, everyone can do something I can't do on the guitar, if that makes sense. Like... Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who's playing at jam so. night. It's like, this dude played a flurry of notes that my brain never thought of playing before, you know, or I've never tried that pattern. <laughs> yeah. And even if it's some of the, like, right. the, the singer-songwriter guys that can't play solos, like, it's like, oh, you're playing chords, but you're trilling through the chords on these, like, weird, like, little hammer-ons and pull-offs that I, I don't do any of that right. stuff. So I've learned to, like, yeah. really enjoy other people's talent levels and not be as judgmental as I was in my teenage years, where, like I said, I was yeah. just, like, punk rock and metal, and it's got to be heavy, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and right. so starting to actually, like, realize, the, you know, I guess there's a, a place for everyone in music, and that's, you know, I think that's something important that a lot of people need to understand, um, and if you're having troubles with it, you know, just kind of think about yeah. it because um, that was that was pretty much the reason I quit playing guitar I mean I was just like everyone's better but everyone I've talked to on the podcast it's like how'd you get better let me ask you this how did you get better at the guitar how did I yeah it, so uh when I first started playing guitar I tried teaching myself which for me just how I learn I, I've got to have somebody show me mm -hmm. so I picked up lessons with a guy uh down here uh, in Creston, uh, Dustin Baird, who he plays shows. He used to play in a band. Uh, he teaches. So um, he taught me uh, how to play guitar. And then from there, once I was able to, once I went to college, I moved away, stopped taking lessons with him. But I mean, that's where uh, I went to school at ISU and they have a huge like music community of different uh musicians there was even like a music club genre music club that I was a part of so just meeting talking playing with other people i think i just realized there's so many different musicians that you can learn so much that um for me i just put myself out there like you know like you were saying how did you do that or like what was that thing you played and just being able to learn from all sorts of different people yeah that's uh i mean that's like one of the things i'm finding out is like everyone they they go out in their community and they play in their community or they practice or i mean there's like a these cornerstones that almost seem obvious but at the same time not you know where it's like oh go figure practicing makes you better you know go figure like asking yeah. questions helps you understand things like I mean, it's it's almost like obvious life lesson stuff as opposed to just like just music stuff. But it's it's kind of funny how it seems like almost every time I ask the question, they come back with like pretty close to the same answers. It doesn't matter who it is, you know. And I mean, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that, that's me too. Like you said, I, if if it wasn't for going out to jam nights and watching other people play and hopping in with them and trying it right. out, like I wouldn't be where I was at either, you know. Right. You were, yeah. You were then, like you said, like, obviously, yeah. Trying trying to practice every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing one thing I found for that was to to leave a one of the guitars out on a stand as like as often yeah. as possible because then it's just like oh, yeah. there and you just pick it up and play. I remember right. a buddy of mine had told me that he took guitar lessons and his guitar teacher. That's how his guitar teacher got good, and he would pick it up uh, when he would watch TV and he would play along with the intro music to TV shows. And then he'd play like during commercials, and that's like how he would uh, practice. Yeah. 
But then the guy, like, before you knew it, could play, like, every TV show theme song. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was his thing. Which is, like, pretty every wild. Every TV show. Yeah, you're, you're just, like, out there, like, playing Sanford and Son. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something. Like, that'd be so sweet. I mean, that'd be an awesome parlor trick, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were talking earlier about, like, maybe wanting to put out a full album, um, which kind of brings yes, me to a top brings me to a topic i like to try to bridge here so like i've been on uh, a few recordings here and there uh not many but as far as like full albums they seem to be pretty few and far between these days yeah do, do you think that is because of how the music system's kind of working now or do you think it has something to do with streaming or social media and and promotion have something to do with it or is it the attention span of the average population that doesn't want to wait 12 months for a new album like what what do you think is causing this right. weird kind of shift or do you think there Obviously, is a shift i'm no expert but <laughs> <laughs> i just know from talking to other musicians um and people who you know record music and whatnot i it's I, a little bit of everything that you said that we kind of came to the to like a conclusion i think it has a lot to do with um everything's on your phone everything's fast paced um want to have it right now and that's why singles or you know uh eps that have two three four songs uh for uh, people listening is what people want they want it right now and so in turn it's easier to put out a single or two songs versus waiting to make uh, an album that being said I would say there's still a lot. I, I would say there's a big enough community of people and musicians that um, still are recording albums, full-length albums, and still and people who still want to listen and and buy, you know, vinyl or full-length albums. Um, I think it's just everything that you mentioned that makes it. Um, I don't know if it would be difficult, but it just makes it um, different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and that's the thing too. I'm just going based off of uh, the the trends that I've seen in the last you know five six years in terms of music because that's when I really started getting into it. Um, I have I have no idea you know compared to ten years twenty years ago. I I don't have firsthand knowledge of what it was like, but once again, just talking to people, yeah, it's uh, was different, and I don't know if that. Like I said, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I just know it's something that's different. Um, but you're just adjusting to, I guess, you know, the trends. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely love that is a main goal of mine that I would want to come out with an album. And I think it's just the fact of me saying like, yes, I've made an album. I've recorded an album. This is it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that I, I think you're right. I think like back in like the 50s and 60s, there was, it was when music was getting really popular there was records everywhere singles were popular you had those little tiny 45s that everybody had with like one song on one side and one song on the other and you'd release the really popular one with the with a less popular one on the other side or something that wouldn't be on the album on the full album so then you'd try to entice people to buy the single you know maybe put a b-side on there or something and i think somewhere in like the 80s or 90s it was just like non-cost effective or something to put out singles they just like almost never happened anymore although i do remember buying some singles on cds which like what a waste of a cd (laughs) you know (laughs) like i was talking with somebody about that the other day um like i had we were listening to some music i was like i had this single and they're like what and i'm like yeah i had it on cd and, and it was just like just crossed my mind like what a waste like you could put so much music on here but Sure. But now that everything's digital, you don't have to like fill up an entire yeah. space with music anymore. You don't have to fill the whole box with music or whatever, right. you know. So you can just put them out one right. at a time. And and like yeah. you said, everybody's got the short attention spans. We want what we want. And we want it right now. And, and you want as much yeah. of it out as possible, which I agree with 100%. I am that way. I'm wired that way too. But I also feel yeah. like there's a tipping point where if somebody's releasing a, you know one single every couple weeks sometimes you're just like wait was this the single you released last week or or was it two weeks ago you know so you end up with this weird area where it's like 
you don't want to overexpose right. too you know yeah it's, it's kind of like the whole posting on social <laughs> right. media if you post like seven times a day people aren't going to see everything but if you post like you know once a day or yeah. once every other day people start to take yeah. notice you know and yeah it's that weird happy medium do you think it would be like here's another thing i i think about like do you think it's easy to put out a single because it's it almost feels like it's a naked track sitting out there because i noticed that on you have you only have one song on spotify that's a true single the other ones have at least have another song accompanying it yeah uh, or an ep yeah. style where you have like four on there which yeah. let me yeah. see here uh drop a dime that's got four on it and uh yeah. smiles got four on it so uh the new one uh is called glad and it's got two yeah. two songs on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your thought process behind this one's got four, that one's got one, this one's got two. You know, what's your thought process behind that? Or was it like this is just all I have at the moment? <laughs> yeah. I I think it was different for each one. I mean, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll start with uh, Glad, the one that has just two songs on it. Um, I recorded both of those songs uh when everything was shut down and nobody there's like no live music nobody was doing anything i think i was sitting there and i basically was like why am i sitting here i want to record songs so i had two songs that i knew i wanted to record and i just wanted to get them out uh so i so i did um with uh drop a dime which the single off of that is one more beer which i really pushed Mm -hmm. um i think that one was just coming off of smile which also had four and for whatever reason to me four seemed manageable for um an ep um but i don't think there was anything in my mind that was like this one is going to be four it has to be four and you know that that's what it is i think it just kind of happened to where i want to put something out I've got this amount of songs, and this is what I have right now. Um, and it just kind of organically like worked out that that's what's going to end up, uh, what I'm going to end up releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe there maybe there was more thought process, but when I look back, I think it was just I have these songs. I, I really want to put them out, and so we're going to run with it. Yeah. I mean, if, if you sat down and look at the time, time frame for everything, too, it's... Uh... In the course of a year, you put out like eight songs. That's pretty much an album in a year, you know. And, and that's the thing I thought about it. I'm like, well, if I just waited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you just waited, but you wouldn't no, have, you wouldn't have had that traction from 2019 until now, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but it's fine because uh, I mean, like each each one to me is another you know milestone of releasing. You know what what I at the time is going to be my best thing that I can come out with, and then going on to uh, the next thing yeah i think that'd be like one of my biggest fears if i tried to put out an album would be like i've got five good ideas and five mediocre ideas and now let's try and smush it all into one album and just say deal with it you know or like yeah i once again i I, I haven't put anything out so (laughs) because yeah i i would want to well in, in any of the other songs that i came out with um I would want, you know, at the time that it's released, you know, be proud of it and not and not at it to be like, well, it was okay. It's like, well, no, at the time that I came out with it, yes, I was I was proud of this. This is where I was at musically and and that's how it is and then you can move on. But yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to at the time of releasing it. Well, you know, be like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know, you want to be able to be proud of that. Yeah. I mean, like that. I think that also allows you room for growth too. Where I feel like if you were trying to focus on just one album, you might end up like pigeonholing yourself into like one sound on that yeah. one album. Not that everyone does it, but it. Right. You know, I feel like you know a full album has like a sound to it, and then the next right. album has a slightly different sound to it. But you with if you put out the EPs and the singles and and the the two or three songs on a on a little mini EP. That works well because then you can kind of get away with more. You can even, I feel like you can even mix up EPs a little bit better than you could a whole album. Right. Yeah. Because, and I would say each one, like you were saying, has a different uh, sound or like tone or um, 
basically each one has a different feel to it, you know, in terms of not only the listening experience, but uh, with the artwork or uh, anything like that, definitely a specific feel. So I would, at least for me, if I were going to come out with an album, I would want it to be uh, consistent or feel as though, you know, the songs are going to be different, but at least they're going to sound like they all belong together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you said artwork. I do have to say like one of the first things that drew me to you when I saw your message was like, this guy's got a great logo. So uh, hats off to oh, that. Yeah. Um, let's talk yeah. about that like a tiny bit. Do you think it's important to have a logo for your band or yourself? I do just because I, it's a, I mean, you're branding yourself. Um, I guess it depends on, you know, what, what uh, everybody has different goals on where they want to go uh, with the music. Um, and for me, I guess it's starting out building that brand. What, what is this? What is my music, you know, portray? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like uh, to people? So I think it is. I mean, it's a way to identify because, um, I mean, with any logo, you know, you see it, you recognize what it is. Uh, it might not even have to have, you know, the actual name on it. So I would say it's important, but that doesn't mean that I guess everybody has to have one because everybody has different, uh, like, routes where they want to go musically, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point, too. Um, I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, and I comment sometimes on things I see online where, you know, some people are like, oh, I... I paid this person to record this thing or i, I we yeah. had to get all these different lights or uh we'll come uh, artwork or we recorded an album or something it's like well i know people that don't do any of that and, and they do just fine musically they make right. they make money doing what they're doing they're happy doing what they're doing yeah it doesn't mean they're doing it wrong it's just they're doing right. it the way they want to do it but right also like you said that the logo is a good way to identify what's going yeah. on pretty straightforward just by looking at it you know that's right uh, believe it or not, I was I was talking to somebody that I knew that went to school for marketing, and they were saying our brains make a judgment based on the logo of something before sure, yeah. we even try the product out. Which yeah, I believe that. <laughs> um, they said the easiest way to talk about that would be uh, restaurants, and I was like, yeah. I never even thought about that. But like, if you go to a restaurant and it's just like this place looks you know, too vintage or it needs an update or something, it, you kind of like go into the place thinking that already about like the food and things like that you know Uh, whether or not it's true i'm i don't know but um i guess i guess in my opinion it might be a little bit true but you know (laughs) but also like if i was just doing this podcast and i didn't have the logo i have if i didn't pay someone to have the logo out somebody would just be like oh it's just some (laughs) schmuck who took a selfie and put his face all over everything and it's like no we're gonna we're gonna try our best to make this as professional as possible but logos are right. easy to identify. Yeah. Like you said, they don't even have to have words on them. Apple, right? Target, yeah. you know, Amazon. I mean, yeah, the, some those are like the three three of the biggest companies in the world. So uh, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> if you recognize what it is, yeah, I, it's just a very good way to identify, you know, who you are. So mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, I mean, I like the artwork. I thought it was cool. The guy who designed it, uh, Dylan uh, Anson, he's from. Uh, Creston, um, and uh, he he also actually designed the one more beer logo nice. and the drop a dime the text. And so I gave him an idea and basically was like, "See what you can come up with." He made that, and I was like, "That's awesome! That's what we're going with." That's so sweet. He's yeah, I've used him for the last you know few projects, and and he's great at at what he does. So and he loves doing it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, A, super cool. You gave him a shout out on the podcast. Uh, that's something yeah. I don't feel like is done enough is the people behind the scenes making the music. You're making the music, yeah. but without the artwork, <laughs> it, it's a little incomplete. So you got to give yeah. your big ups to the artists out there. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Once again, I didn't make my logo. And if somebody asked me <laughs> to make my logo, it would have been like a stick figure pig. <laughs> it would have been so horrible. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I the, Like, my logo, no, I, I did not create it. And, like, I would not have been able to. Yeah, I just, exactly. I, I, I couldn't. It would it'd be the same. It would be, you know, just like plain text. I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah, does this look good? Yeah, it's like, it's just Geneva yeah. 13 font on a black square. <laughs> like, exactly. looks, looks great. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah 
Oh, man. So what do you think some of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome as far as creating music have been? Because like we were talking about earlier, this is 2019 until now. So you've got a little over two years under your belt as far as, um, you know, putting music out. What do you think are some of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome? Or what was the thing that made you be like, I'm doing a solo album? I... and when I try and think back, I don't I don't know if it was ever a defining moment or if it was kind of like right now. I'm like, yes, I would. I a goal a goal of mine would be to come out with a uh, album, and then whenever that is going to be, whenever that comes along, um, will just sort of happen. Um, but I mean, there's different things here and there. Um, such as, you know, first uh, playing those shows, getting out there, you know, being nervous, getting over that sort of thing, getting over the how we touched on like, you know, well, this could be better, but being satisfied enough to release it. Um, but for the most part, I enjoy the challenge. I mean, yeah. like, like the first time, you know, in the studio, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, but it was like, to me, like, that's, that's fun and trying to like push, trying to, you know, be better. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that, that kind of answers it because it, it's also hard. Cause I'm not entirely, entirely sure. I think I was like, this is something I want to do and I'm going to, you know, take the steps to, to get there. Nice. I, you know, that brings me to another question. Do you record your stuff in-house, or do you have somebody help you record stuff? So for uh, the Smile EP, and I'm going based off the solo stuff that um, I've recorded, because that's the most recent. For the Smile EP, uh, recorded at uh, uh, Caleb, uh, I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong, but Quenin, Kenan, he um, had his own in-home uh, studio, um, so we recorded in Nevada, Iowa for Smile. Uh, then I recorded with him again for Drop a Dime. He moved the studio to Ames. Um, and then for the Glad EP, uh, Cole Neese, who drummed on the Glad, uh, I was talking to him, hey, I want to record this song, Glad, I want you to play drums. And we were looking for a studio, and he's like, well, how about we just do it at my house? <laughs> and mm. I was like, oh, okay, sure. So that, so glad we recorded at his place. And then the second song on that EP, a song for someone, I did all of that at my house. Oh, yeah. no way. <laughs> yeah, because I, I wanted to, once again, I wanted to try and do something different that was new. So, yes, the only thing is we did send it off to be uh, mastered. Um, somebody else did that because I, I couldn't do that. So. Oh, man. <laughs> For people not watching, I'm giving him the rah, rah, rah hands. It's, uh, it, it's a necessity. Let's, let's face yeah. it. Um, oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, it comes back down to this. Like, I, yeah, I record podcasts. I record audio. But it's like recording music is a completely different beast than just recording two people talking. You know, yeah. I, you know, anybody can record somebody with a microphone and make it sound decent, but, <laughs> but like, I mean, let's, let's be honest though. Once you have everything recorded, even if you can record, you know, yeah. guitars and drums and everything like mixing it correctly, not easy, you know? And then when, yeah. and then when you want to make a whole album, trying to make every song the same volume, all the same things coming yeah. out at the same levels, like not easy, you know? So, yeah. and I, I think I realized early on that, um, that was going to be a necessity and that was something that I was most definitely going to have to have somebody else. Do. Like, I know that I can't um, mix and uh, master as well as a lot of people. Like, I would not even say that I can at all. So, like, yes, I enjoy, you know, giving it to somebody to be able, I mean, that's why they have, you know, sound engineers or people who do that <laughs> yeah. full time because they know what they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree too. I learned very early on that, like, that, that is. <laughs> I, I think you said it right there too. Like, uh, I don't, it's not like you can't do it. It's not like I can't do it, but we can't do it as well as somebody else who does that as like their specialty. So it's nice to give them, you know, the ability yeah. to, to do it or like, 
you know, it's like you could probably fix a car if you needed to, and so could I, but I think I'd rather take it to a mechanic. <laughs> you know? It won't be done right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And if we're not changing oil, I'm not doing it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that is a very good, you know, comparison. I know. I would not say I know how to work on a vehicle. I can't fix it. No, I would take it to somebody. So that that's a very, very good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, plus it always comes out sounding better, and it, it helps everyone out because you're just like, oh, I paid this guy a little bit of money. I get his name out there or her name or their name or yeah. the company's name. But then you get to reap the benefits of having the album that sounds good or the EP that sounds good, you know. And, I, you know, I've, I'm not trying to poke fun at anyone or say anything, but I've, I've seen some albums come out that were rushed, unfortunately. Like, that'd be, like, the nicest way yeah. I could say it. And when you see bands live and you're like, these guys are killing it. And then they come out with this album that's put out prematurely, or they don't take the extra time or go the extra mile to have it mixed or mastered. And then you're like, Oh, yeah. Oh no. Like you guys are one of the best bands out there. And, and this album doesn't do you justice or like, right. Um, do you think there's a way you can go too far with that though? Like, can you shine up an album so nice that by the time you go try to play it live, it's all of a sudden the album's too good now? Or is that a thing? I, it might be. I, I think that uh, <laughs> it, it very well could be. I, I think for me, just because I've like recorded and played before, I know that that recording is going to be it. When people listen to it, it's not going to change. So you want to do everything that you can. I mean, obviously, yes, live. But like, if you make a mistake in a recording, you got to redo it. Yes. You just have to. If it's live, I can get past that. That's fine. But I think it's the fact that that's there, and that's there more or less forever. And so you're wanting it to be the absolute best. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, oh, man, I, I just wish – that's like one area of music I wish I knew more about was the recording aspect of everything because, you know, I mean – I, I still think it's funny because people are just like, you record a podcast, you got a studio. And it's like, yeah, a quote unquote studio. It's a computer with <laughs> two microphones plugged into it. It's not that big a deal, you know? But no. but then again, like you said, you recorded uh, a single off of Glad at your own house, you know? And yeah. you've recorded stuff at other people's houses, which believe it or yeah. not, the punk band I'm in, we recorded our first EP at someone's house, sure. you know? Yeah. And anymore, like that's almost all you need. You almost don't need to, pay the super high-end fees to go to a a place that's like a dedicated studio space anymore right well and for me when i recorded uh a song for somebody when i recorded that at my house with my setup once again i for me that song personally i wanted to try and see where i could be at um, in the recording process because if i'm honest i do enjoy having somebody else there to <laughs> to uh you know work with <laughs> yeah so i would i i do prefer that i like that i like being able to have somebody else and bounce off different ideas i mean i even remember i'm pretty sure it was caleb when he was recording i know there's a few times uh would suggest things and i told him i'm like listen man it's not gonna offend me if you think something would sound better like let me know because i want it to sound better so if you have an idea you know, that you think a different, like, route we could go. Like, I'm cool with that. Obviously, as long as it doesn't change the whole song. But I think it just, once again, you know, other people having suggestions where they've done this so much on how to make it sound the best that it can. So. Yeah, and I mean, like, what's the worst you're going to say is no. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I'll let you know if the answer's no. But it doesn't offend me at all. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... I love having that I you know that concept around as well, like having somebody else to bounce the idea off of. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like another one of those weird like life to music parallels where it's like mm-hmm. it's almost better in life just to have somebody else there to bounce some ideas off of than it is to yeah. try to like struggle through it all alone. And then right. before you know it, you're just like, ah, oh, this is great. And people are like, no, nah, it sucks. And you're just like, well, <laughs> well, this is what I've been doing with my life for a while. So yeah. cut, you know, cut me some slack, you know, or whatever. But it, but it is kind of nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Like we said, even if even if you only take half of the ideas, yeah, they still gave you good ideas and you used them, you know. And right. and you know, it's nice to have buddies there to play music with. Do you think that? 
Uh, we already talked about that. Do you think that that helped yeah. you out? Yes, it very much. We very much already discovered that it, that it did. You know, um, having somebody there to to ask about like how did you do this and things like that. You know, in your younger years and your formative years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you think? Do you have like something else in the pipeline? Let me ask you that. That's another one I was going to say. Cause like, I mean, yeah. Glad came out in April, which is just a, f- just a few months ago, but it seems like you've got, uh, this thing where as of late, you've been kind of putting out like an EP or single, you know, about every six months to eight months, maybe. So, uh, we're, we gotta be getting pretty close to the next project, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I wish I could say, oh, yes, but <laughs> no, I, w- I, would, <laughs> I would say n- nothing concrete, but yes, I am, while playing shows, trying to write, really trying to get uh, that, uh, that album, because I would say right now, yeah, I've got about four songs that I'm like, yes, I, I like these, I want to see where I can go with them. Um, but I think it's just waiting a little bit longer, having those other songs. So, mm-hmm. no, nothing, not, nothing for sure right now. But hopefully soon, yes. Nice. <laughs> so it sounds like for now you're you're doing a lot more of your uh, you're playing live. You're focusing more on playing live than you are on on studio time. Do you find it hard to balance the two? Let me ask you that. Um, for me, once I because right now it's kind of like I'm working on booking more shows, playing more shows. So that's kind of where I'm focused. So I would say in some ways, yes, it's hard, but only because that's where a lot of my energy is, is focused, getting ready for that next show to make sure that it's going to sound as good as possible for the people listening. Um, so yeah, wherever, because I would most definitely say if I'm going to sit down and be like, okay, I need to work on the album, probably would put, you know, live shows, you know, as a second priority. Um, but I think it's just because where where the focus is at, mm-hmm. um, because at the same time, you know, I want to have fun with it and not be burnt out to where like I've got to set deadlines. It has to be here. I think it's good to have, you know, those those goals and somewhat of a rough idea. But I don't want to get burnt out by like, oh, man, I, I didn't come out with another you know EP or album, you know, at this time, you know, just not get burnt out by the process. Still have fun with it. Yeah, you don't want to make your your plans too rigid. You got to be a little bit flexible, yeah. you know. I mean, that's like the spice of life. Well, variety is the spice right. of life, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you all get what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> seriously though, if you you're put yourself kidding. in this box where it's like I got to come out with a song every month, some you're not gonna you're not gonna put your heart into it some months, you know, and that's gonna be the, probably right. the the toughest part about it. But you know, yeah. I I have found that with some of the singer songwriter buddies I've been you know playing with that they're they were telling me like it's kind of difficult because once you get in studio mode, it's tough to be like, all right, let's book two shows this week, you know, or, or you know, let's book five shows this month or something. It's tough to do that when you're when you're trying to make the music in the studio, you know. Once again, studio right. air quotes, you know, whether it's your yeah. house or somebody else's house or a basement or an actual studio, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's 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 got to be tough, you know. But you do have some shows on the books here coming up. We were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, let's talk about those real quick before. Yep. So I uh, mentioned the playing the music. The band's going to be playing music festival in Muscatine, Muscapalooza. We'll be playing uh, September fourth uh, on stage at five thirty. That show will be fun. Uh, we're playing with a lot of other bands, and it's the first time uh, that they're having this music festival. So it should be fun. It's outdoors. It's right by the river. So cool. It's gonna be like great scenery. Yeah, and then um, September eighteenth at eleven thirty, I'll be playing uh, in Creston for the Creston Arts Festival. Is that eleven so eleven thirty, like before uh, noon? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you're closing down the bars, man. Jeez. Down, yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun, and that's at uh, a local. Uh, coffee shop brick and bell so that also i'm looking forward to that because it'll be fun another festival going on nice. so those for what's what's uh the shows i got coming up next month um and then i mean hopefully just you know from there 
I'm always trying to book different shows and whatnot. But for next month, that's what I got going on show-wise. Nice. If people want to see your shows, I'm sure they can check you out on social media. We talked earlier, Facebook and Instagram are the two big ones you use. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's justifiable because Twitter is a dumpster fire. Um, No. Uh, Twitter's yeah. yeah. Twitter's. I've tried so hard to get back into Twitter, and it, it doesn't seem to have much traction. But uh, as far as yeah, inst- Instagram and Facebook, do you know your uh, your tags for those? Your at symbols for those? Yeah. Yep. I was gonna say it's Music Mike Walsh, um, and that should get you to uh, both my Facebook and Instagram, which I post and use the most. And on Facebook. Um, for different event, the events tab will have upcoming shows and whatnot. So if people want to uh, find out when I play, you can go there to the events. It'll nice. be on the page. Nice. If you guys don't want to type that in, it's going to be real easy. Scroll into the description sections, click the links, follow, subscribe, like, share, comment, the whole nine yards. They're right down there. So don't think like, oh, I got to remember this. I got to write this down. Here, let me pause the podcast. No, it's right there. Just click it and go to go to town. Um, I hope, I hope to catch a show, one of your shows. Cause like I said, this was, this yeah. is a weird one before we did the podcast. We didn't know each other. Uh, you sure. know, we, we kind of blindly met each other. I, <laughs> let me put it this way. The way I met you pretty much was through your music because you sent me a message and then yeah. I was like, I'm going to check this guy's stuff out. And then I listened to your music and I was like, all right, I'm in, you know? So believe it, like as weird yeah. as it sounds, I met you through your music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy and to I think that. I made you through the podcast. Yes. So oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's full circle. It's like a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, geez. Well, it's got some stellar stuff out. If anybody hasn't checked it out, check it out. The new single, uh, Glad. There's two songs on it. It's It just came out in April. It's amazing. Uh, I highly suggest checking out One More Beer as well. I really liked that one. Um, I know a bunch of buddies of, that I have that would probably really, really dig that song. Um just throwing that out there for anybody. If you drink beer, listen to this song. It's you'll you'll smile and like it. It's a great song. Um, I was like I said though, I was really blown away by the whole the whole catalog. I I can't wait to come see you live sometime. I know we're like most of the state away from one another, but uh, yeah. I'm sure we can pull it off eventually somehow. So uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh, once again, if anybody's looking for anything, uh, the links are down below. Mike, you've been a great guest. Do you have anything else you want to talk about on the podcast while we're still here? Nothing comes to mind. just want to say thanks for having me on. It's been awesome, and I enjoy just coming on and talking music with you. Yeah, doing it. Yeah, man. Uh, this is what it's all about, just just networking and, and meeting new people. <laughs> and uh, dude, I, I dig the music. Keep at it. I really do. Um, Thank you. Yeah, uh, don't go away. Uh, after I end the recording, uh, I'm going to talk to you afterwards. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. There it is. Another episode. It's kind of crazy because, like, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, didn't know each other. Pretty much the first way I met him was listening to his music online. And uh, then, you get, like, our first interactions, you guys you guys got to see it there. That's what's one of the crazy things about that is the fact that we get to, or I get to talk to a lot of different people, I think. You know, and I try my best to get as many new people in here or people that might not be familiar with you know a lot of my listeners are from a a a few different segments of the music scene around iowa so i'm trying to get you know all the scenes to kind of bridge together so people can at least see some of the people in all of the areas um so i'm trying my best to get out there and and recontact with some people that might have got lost in the mix in my messages and things like that so if i uh if i've messaged back to you and you know, it took me a while. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, just shoot me a message back whenever you get the chance. And if you want to be on the podcast, hit me up. I'll do my best to uh, accommodate it in my weird schedule that I have. Uh, I'm kind of a not busy and busy guy all at the same time. So uh, hit me up. You never know. I'll try and get you guys on the podcast. I got a handful of different people on the hook for the next coming weeks. Uh, let's hope we can get a couple of them scheduled out here and get them done. So, uh, you know, I got to say big thanks to, to Mike. You know, it was one of those things where I think when this came down to it, it was just like, well, can you do this today? And it's like, actually, yeah, I can. So I just moved a couple things around and boom, we got it done. And you know, it was a great guy. It was, it's really fun to meet people like that and have them be open and honest and talk about music and, and just be like, you know, what kind of stuff do you have going on? Or what's your thought process behind this? Or, or how did you switch from this to that? You know, and it's, it's really kind of cool because everyone's got a little bit of a similar but a, a very unique story all at the same time. 
Uh, the similar thing would be, how'd you get good? I practiced. You know, so that's, uh, that's something that comes up so often in this. Uh, you know, practice, be around others, find a buddy, challenge yourself, challenge others around you, uh, get out of your comfort zone. It's, it's, they're not just music lessons, they're life lessons, and it's so fun to hear them come up over and over and over again um, in these podcasts. So uh, hats off to Mike for coming on and, and joining me and talking with me. I had a great time, so uh, check out his links down below. Uh, I got all the links down below that I could scrounge up. Uh, and, you know, give him a like. Give some of his music a listen. I, I bet you'd like it. It's, it's singer-songwritery, but it's not quite, not quite just that. And that's another thing. A lot of music, you can't really pigeonhole it anymore. Um, I feel like for a while there, everything was kind of getting cookie-cuttery, and now we're all back to, at least on the independent scene. So if you guys are looking for some of his links, check them out down below. Uh, some some great stuff. That's all I gotta say. If you're looking for some of the Audible Farm links, the easiest place to go there is audiblefarm.com. If you want to support the podcast, you can do it monetarily by checking out our new T-shirts in our shop. There are new T-shirts back in stock. Uh, most sizes available. Some have already sold out again. So if you guys are looking for those shirts, uh, buy them up before they're gone. I'm I didn't even want to make a second order of these. I was gonna just have a small first run, but I made a second order, and I bet these things are gonna go to uh, pretty quick. So uh, check them out if you're looking for a T-shirt. I've got some T-shirts available for sale, or uh, find me at a show somewhere, and uh, maybe I'll cut you a little bit of a discount on the T-shirts. You never know. So I've got T-shirts available. If you want to support by watching the video versions of this, you can find the video versions of the podcast at AudibleFarm.com. It costs one dollar a month. Uh, patreon.com not audible farm patreon.com slash audible farm there it is what a promo uh yeah that's a dollar a month so check that out if you want to uh if you guys want to support non-monetarily guess what you're doing it you're listening to the podcast thank you very much you can like subscribe share uh go to the facebook go to the youtube channel if you're listening on youtube right now hit subscribe uh you know anywhere you go or just interact with me online in some fashion give me a comment what did you think of the episode uh, like I said, share it with your buddies. Word of mouth works great. If you uh, have bought a t-shirt recently, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I've, I've sold a lot of t-shirts recently. Uh, uh, I've gotten a lot of comments, a lot of people loving them. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you guys are wondering about the new t-shirts, go to shop.audiblefarm.com. Uh, the graphics were done by Brent Licata, past guest, who is also my graphic designer. So hats off to Brent. He's made all the logos. Every logo you guys have seen Audible Farm wise, he's made them all. Um, all I do is small edits here and there with, with images. But if you guys want to learn more about that, go listen to the Brent Licata podcast. It's a while back. It's been a while since he's been on here. But, uh, yeah, uh, hats off to him for the great design. I appreciate it. So if you guys are uh, out there looking for another episode, next week there should be another one. I'm, I'm working diligently to get somebody scheduled in there. I bet I can find somebody. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I'll check you guys all out next week, and we will have another episode out. All right, peace. Peace.